Hey guys, coming soon, producer Mike Downing will be interviewing on the podcast. His film, The Last Whistle, will be on Netflix starting October 26th, starring Brad Leland from Friday Night Lights, Jim O'Hare from Parks and Rec, and Les Miles himself. It's perfect for the whole family. After a star player dies during his football practice, his coach's career and reputation are on the line as he refuses to quit his win-at-all-cost style. Get ready for his emotional Netflix movie, The Last Whistle, October 26th, coming soon. Lastly, I'd like to welcome the Thrivers. What is a Thriver, you ask? If you're a Thriver, it means you're a fan of this show. That's right. While you're all Thrivers in my heart, there's a more official way to become one, if you catch my drift. Go to www.patreon.com slash MrThrive to become a patron to this exciting opportunity for exclusive content. Live updates, experimental media, insights, and more, all to keep you more in the action. Become a Thriver today at patreon.com slash MRThrive. Enjoy the show. You have stumbled upon Stars of Tomorrow, where every Friday, I, Mr. Thrive, interview someone like cinematographer and entrepreneur, Ryan Palmer, who has not yet been discovered. This up-and-coming podcast talks with the up-and-coming. Ryan, thank you so much for coming today. Awesome. Thank you for yeah. having me. No, I appreciate it, man. I know that you love driving, but still, like, it means a lot that you came out oh, here. Oh, of course. All yeah. from Thousand Oaks. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, I've become a fan of yours. I, if you go on your website, you can just see the expansive amount of work under the name Hoobaloo Films, uh, yes. that, this company that you've created. Yes. Now that's that's pretty remarkable. Thank man. you. Uh, Thank people, you for saying so. People talk about making companies and then there are others like you who actually make them. And it's um, always a work in progress. You know, it's we're not yeah. Google yet, so. Right. Well, <laughs> it's still I mean, small time. But. <laughs> still though. Yeah. I, and I, you know what though? I, like, I, I think back to how I know you and I think like, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense it, it does though because i we would as kids we would play pretend and and i remember like the way that ryan would kind of like head the games i mean i i knew ryan in elementary school yeah so. maybe we should talk about you know oh yeah because we've definitely. known each other for a long time now. do you remember the first time we met i don't know if i remember the first time i just remember that we've known each other for a long time and i know it was when we were very young right i mean was it was it was it, elementary school. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, was it as soon as like first or second grade? Even uh, maybe not quite it, that it, soon. It could have been. Third it grade could have been. And then we we reunited about I think last year. Yeah. Because I I hadn't spoken to you for over like. Yeah, all through high school. Fifteen years probably. Is it that long? I don't I don't know if it's quite that long, but yeah, maybe also like, then maybe I think like back that 12, fifteen years, years ago was not even that long ago. I keep forgetting how old I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so but yeah yeah that sounds about right no it's it's crazy man i'm um I, I think about what you've done with uh Hulu films and it it just it makes a lot of sense uh you guys do commercials and films yes uh what are the what, what are the commercials contain and and i mean like? we kind of our focus the past couple of years has been basically doing um like small businesses in Ventura County, which is where we're based. Um, it hasn't strictly just been that area, but mostly that area. And we've been just helping companies to basically make, it's not always a commercial per se. Sometimes it's a promotional video. Sometimes it's, you know, made for social media. Sometimes, 
they use it internally, you know, for their employees and stuff like that. So it's kind of just been video production and marketing for companies in really any way that they need it. And we help them develop the idea, execute, edit, just kind of a full, full beginning to end, you know, video production is kind of the idea when it comes to You're vertically approaching these different aspects of film that are essential yeah, I mean, to, it's. I think it's on our website. Just the video marketing that's so essential in today's world. I mean, you. I mean, it seems like everybody needs to do video ad of some kind. Even the picture-based ones have some set of animation to it of some kind, just so they can put it on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or what what have it. All of that you know, takes so. a village, though. Uh, a little bit, yeah. We have, you know, I have my business partner who we work everything fifty-fifty. So uh, she helps out with the production, the producing side of it, uh, helping bring in business. And then we have many, many contractors who we try and hire every single time, but you know, a list of every position that's necessary in case someone's not available or, or whatever. So that's great. So you're also a little, Hoovaloo is a little bit of a, of a roster as well then. Absolutely. Yeah. Like on, on paper, it's me and my business partner, you know, just to keep things simple, but our sound guy, our first AD, our music, our um, even our producing, we bring in the same people every time just to keep things simple. We know we work well together, so it's almost we consider all them part of the team, you know, big parts of the team. But sure, so that's great. How, how does one uh, end up on this roster exactly? <laughs> just uh, come ready to work and do a great job. And, you know, we like to keep our sets nice and fun and professional. Sure. But, um, you know, just re- always remember why we're doing it because, you know, it's for the love of it, you know, not get too egotistical and, and just show up and do a good job. And we usually invite people back after that um, because, I mean, as you know, Working on set 12 hours a day, every day, you know, you could be really good at your job, but if you're kind of an asshole, then uh, it's almost not worth it to bring you're, you back. You're in the meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, like, I'd rather work with someone who's not as knowledgeable, but super cool and eager and good to work with 12 hours a day than I would an asshole who knows everything under the sun. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, with with production, I think it's the old, if you want to really test your commitment to something, spend 12 hours a day doing it. Yeah. And, and, and production is that test and people commit to that all the time. And that oh, yeah. absolutely takes a dent out of their personal life. It takes absolutely. a chunk out of their, uh, yeah, their... all encompassing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And you come home and, and you have to find somehow find the energy to, to keep go to bed and wake up and go back. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a really remarkable, uh, practice that that's become normalized and you have to have respect for it so yeah. that's why i respect hulu film so much you guys have a lot of work out there what what are, what does your some some of your uh, clientele work look like um most of it has like i said we um a big project we work on worked on was a company called exp1 which does engine oil and things like that we've done uh, many local companies i mean they range from medical businesses like uh weight loss products and and medical tech companies like that all the way to this car commercials to music videos to i mean kind of you name it we've sort of touched it we've done beauty products so it, we're not really prejudiced when it comes to people looking to make videos you know oh, yeah. we're kind of sure. well-rounded and try to you know tackle any project that comes at us you know, so sure. I mean, and, and, and what would you say is your favorite part about taking on these projects and the commercial? 
Um, it's bit. it's probably the variety. You know, it's it's so awesome to, I guess, just learn of these businesses and and much like my business, they have their own agenda and their own marketing and the, you know their own goals. And so to sort of learn what that is and how they tackle them and then what exactly their products are is it's fun to learn. And don't get me wrong, it's it's can be stressful and all that, and it's it's a busy life, but. Um, but it's really fun to just see who's out there, what they're doing, and really just get to know our community and things like that. Sure. Does one uh, does one company or one project uh, stand out in particular when you think about uh, something um, you're proud of in this pro- company? Probably the one I mentioned. It's called EXP One. Um, they're a company based in Texas. You know, they're really um, they they're very successful just because they're it's like an oil additive, I guess, the project, and it's great for it they kind of market themselves towards the car enthusiast muscle cars these high performance cars but but they say that you can use it on everyday cars but i guess why that one stands out is just because our shoot was a lot of fun it was kind of small but um but we got to shoot with 10 or 12 of these classic muscle cars you know in mint condition and it was awesome to see that and then we even got a car to car shot where we were in the bed of a truck shooting out of it as this car drove down the road this oh, nice neat. like coasting shot as they coasted into the sunset and and so it was just a lot of fun we hired a voiceover actor to then give the performance and you know we got testimonials and so it was just a lot of fun to shoot that and take it on that sounds like a really neat project did you actually have to go to texas to do that no he actually he came out to us so it kind of worked out because he was traveling for business i think so he brought a bunch of his products and we went to the location of the owner of all these vehicles um, and so we shot around there. That's cool. You know, I, I've never really had a, an appreciation for cars, but about uh, a month ago when I was working for a different company, uh, I went up to Monterey, California to shoot the Monterey car show, the yeah. biggest car show in the entire world. Oh, awesome. And I, I've never, I've liked the aesthetic of cars, but I've never loved it up sure. until this point. And after that, I've been like viscerally uh, charged with trying to find like these like that i almost have like withdrawals from the drug you know because you were around yeah. so many beautiful cars oh yeah uh we saw the original bentley while oh, up there wow. and we saw um I, I saw my dream car finally i finally was able to pinpoint it to one thing if you guys have a lamborghini gt350 out there for sale please let me know <laughs> uh, i cannot buy it at this time but i'm definitely interested that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah that's great um, there's just so many gorgeous cars. Oh yeah. There, it's know? a whole world, you yeah. know, just like film. I mean, what you could know and learn about it. And, and I, I wouldn't call myself a huge car fanatic either, but especially after this and sort of through the years, I've gained a heightened interest in, uh, cars, I guess. And yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome what, what they have out there. It, it's pretty cool. And I, I, I like where cars are going right now. I, I like to see them get cleaner and cleaner. Yeah. Uh, and, and no, it's funny. Cause a lot, I was talking to some of those guys up there in Monterey and they, I would ask some of them, like, so what do you guys think of, like, electric cars? Because electric cars is a new thing that was kind of squeezing the way into the car show sure. a little bit. Like uh, the Karma. Oh, uh, yeah. The Karma uh, brand of, of cars and also, um, God, I can't think of the other one right now. Anyway, electric cars are becoming a thing. And sure. So I think a great majority of us are for it. And there's the few who are like, oh, it's going to take that authenticity out of cars. Yeah, the... It's like, okay, do you want the authenticity in your air, though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the uh, the muscle car fanatics. You know, they love their engine and the right. noise and stuff, which I can understand. But... Yeah, I can understand it too. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, though, going back to Hoovalu, though, I I just I have so much admiration for what you've done 
Uh, you mentioned a roster, but there's a lot you do on your end as well. Sure. Uh, you do the camera work. Yes, I oh. typically do the DP and kind of oversee equipment and and those logistics as a whole. Sure. And and do you rent that equipment or is that? Um, we we own our own equipment. We own a lot of our own equipment. I like to say if we needed to shoot something tomorrow, we could do it. Um, but you know, as things get bigger and bigger, our equipment is becoming less and less sufficient. So we, you know, it's always, do we buy or rent? You know, it's always that battle because, um, renting is, uh, quick and easy and you can usually get bigger and better things, but owning, uh, your own equipment tends to bring in more money. But, um, so it's, so yes and no, we usually rent a supplement or rent as needed. You know, if we're looking for a shot or we need a specific camera for a type of shot. Um, but for the most part, we own a lot of our own equipment. You mentioned your business partner, Analia. What does her end look like versus your end? So, um, I mean, it, it is a little 50-50 and there's absolutely overlap in what we do. You know, we it, we tackle everything as a partnership. But as a whole, she sort of takes on um, the producing side of things. You know, she's great with... Uh, making deals and talking to people and uh, writing up contracts and and bringing in business and just the interpersonal part of it that is so important. And then um, I'll usually let her, you know, spearhead that and then I'll take on the production aspect. So I'll help design the shots. I'll bring in the necessary equipment, the necessary crew, you know, all the technical aspects that a client has no idea how to, you know, how to tackle themselves. Sure, so. sure. And like I said, there's definitely overlap, but um, but we kind of try to keep it to those two things or those two different areas. Oh, I get that. And I imagine that one of the difficulties is, is that sometimes a client will come up to you and they don't really have exactly a vision as to what they want. They just know yeah. that they need something out there. Exactly. That's so, usually how it goes. What's one way that you can assist them in, in getting them in that direction? Well, we usually just uh, first get to know their product. You know, what, what are you selling? What are you doing? Um, uh, you know what's so great about it? Why, why are you successful? Or why are you, why do you think it can be successful or whatever the case is? And so we get to know it kind of in a personal level as best as possible. And then, um, from there start to visualize maybe an idea or, um, you know, it's not always a story necessarily. There's always a story rooted in everything, I suppose, but sometimes it is, they want purely informational. So, you know, we tackle, all right, what information is the most important that you're trying to get to your clients or to your, um, uh, your market. And so we help them to basically turn those ideas into a script or an idea or, you know, turn it into shots, basically turn it into their video. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and your work, you, you would say it kind of leans more towards, uh, I would say from what I've seen anyway, uh, the comedic side, doesn't it? Well, we do. Yeah. So we do a lot of sketches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we do commercial work and we typically, you know, if the client is, we don't necessarily lean towards comedic out the gate. Um, we do have a background in that, and I like to think that we're all kind of funny and we like to keep it light and things like that. So um, it's definitely our background. But when it comes to clients, you know, as we get to know them, we might learn that they're, they want to do the comedic side of things. But it's actually rare that we do it that way. It's Like I said, it's usually pretty informational and pretty straightforward. Um, but we do have this background, and... And while we love doing commercials and it's the bread and butter, we, we have, we're storytellers at heart and our, the ultimate goal is to do, do only that, tell stories. And so 
we have this side of our company where we make sketches for really no other purpose than doing it. <laughs> You're talking about the narratives? or Yeah, about... narratives yeah. or sketches, you know, and they're on our website as well. And we post them on YouTube, you know, no real hopes from that, just kind of a creative outlet, you know, just to keep the creative juices flowing. And, uh, and uh, I mean, that's kind of been more in the past. It's been over a year since we've done anything like that, just because um, we've been able to move more towards narrative um, on a business scale. But there's absolutely our comedic side that always comes out or we always need to stretch those muscles. And so we will take a day to shoot something just for fun. Gotcha. <laughs> Go out there and just be funny, I guess, to only us probably. But And I, I think that makes sense because if you don't keep those creative juices flowing, you kind of lose sense of – Yeah. Of, it, it, you lose so many different senses as to uh, the ability to, to create in, in your craft. And, and that actually happened to me – I think a year ago when I was really in the thick of doing freelance sound. Yeah. Uh, I get so into it that I would forget about my, about my writing. Oh, yeah. And suddenly it like, occurred to me one day on in the middle of a shoot. Like, I haven't thought of a film yeah. in about a month now. Like, I haven't thought of, like, a new idea in, like, a month. Yeah, it's you've been hustling so hard you almost forget what makes you really happy. Yeah, and so that's why – that's part of, like, what has led to my, my recent career change, which is – taking a taking a step back and working in the service industry so that way sure. i can focus on this podcast and my writing and yeah, it's amazing because now it's opened up the floodgates totally to all these different ideas i was before yeah. you even got here i i was i was downstairs eating breakfast and a new idea came down came up and i, I wrote it down in this little notebook yeah. right here you know awesome you know yeah i think that's so great i mean even if it is at first taking a step back if it's a step in the direction of what you ultimately really love doing not that you don't love you know, working sound and stuff like that. But what is, um, you know, your true love, I guess, if you're taking a step in that direction, I, I can't see anything that's wrong with that. I know, obviously, you got to pay the bills, but right. sometimes it's okay to suffer now, I think, to hopefully in the future not suffer at all, you know? You yeah. That, set yourself up to be successful doing what you love to do. Totally. That sacrifice is an investment. Exactly. A hundred percent. That's I, exactly I couldn't right. agree more. Uh you know, like, like, let's wait for that, that truck. I hear like some, truck Oh, someone there. backing up. Yeah. You got the, uh, the ears of a sound guy. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's how Cody is. Right. As much as I, as much as I love, as much as I liked doing sound, you know, and I, I liked feeling that, that sense of accomplishment, like. I knew that I was in the right place sure. when I would drive home after a shoot uh, with nothing but adrenaline yeah. pumping through me. And that felt so good. Of course. I was like, yes, job well done. That of was course. Really yeah. solid. I nailed that sound, you know. It felt really good. But, you know, over time, I, 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 I realized that that's not necessarily me falling in love with sound. That's me falling in love with the fact that I did a good job. Of course. And and that's why I just take a step back into this. I just the other weekend film, finished a short film uh, screenplay mm -hmm. and that same adrenaline pumped right through me Yeah, as soon as I finished it and of that, course. I felt like happy the, the kind of happy where you feel like you'll never go sad again yeah I love that you that's, know that's great god that's how I know I'm doing the right thing that's exactly right yeah um 
I mean, I'm mean, sure that that feeling comes comes to it comes yeah. to you when when you're doing Hubaloo. Yeah, like like I said, I the commercials are great and all, but it's not necessarily our passion. Our passion is telling stories and and doing narrative things, and we've been lucky enough that that's been a big part of our lives for the past year, and that's kind of where the business has been, uh, where it's been the biggest. But what, what you just said reminds me of the story of when we were doing a narrative project that was somewhat of a passion project of ours. I remember we were packing up after shooting for 14 hours overnight. You know, you know, it was like we came in at 9 p.m. and we were leaving at 11 a.m. the next day. And, you know, we're all so tired. And I think it was day three of doing this in a row, the same shoot every night. Um, and we're like leaving and uh, it's just so tired. And But my first AC said to me as we're packing up, he said... Um, he goes, that was fun. And, you know, I was making a joke saying, well, I'll see you guys later today. You know, we were going to have 12 hours before the next shoot, but it was technically still the same day. And so um, and so when he said, that was a lot of fun, I'm looking forward to later today. And I was making a joke because that was so soon. But at the end of the day, I thought, if he's saying he's having a lot of fun and, and he can't wait to see us later that day after working 14 hours, uh, I think that means you're doing the right thing because yeah. <laughs> after working 14 hours all night and saying, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you later today and in just uh, 12 hours from now or 10 hours, then uh, I think he was in the right place. And, and that's how I felt too. I was walking out feeling great and I was like, but you know what? I'm going to get some rest and I can't wait to be back here. Chest held high to bed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just that's march exactly. your way to bed. Yeah. Do it again because you love your job. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, I going back to my going back to my, my last job before I was working in the service industry, there was this. Uh, I'm gonna kind of paint a little bit of a picture. I, it wasn't a. It wasn't a great atmosphere, which is part of the reason why I quit that previous uh-huh. location. Um, there was this production assistant who wasn't a very good mm. production assistant, yeah. and uh, he would he would never offer to really help unless you asked him to help. Of course, and he would walk by you as you're doing work and, and yeah. not. And me as a technician, I'm doing work I'm couldn't really, be bothered couldn't be bothered but me and the other technicians were doing uh we're wrangling cables okay these like 50 foot 100 foot 150 foot 200 foot cables oh, wow. and each of these cables are built with thick rubber yeah. that if you maybe put your hand in like an o shape that's how thick they were four out you know yeah they're huge cables that you couldn't lift with one arm because they're that sure. heavy yeah you know and we had to put them in piles and if you're putting in a big pile that's about waist high, you're lunging your whole body oh, yeah. just to throw a cable on top of the other cable. Absolutely. It's really intense. It's like lifting a car tire. Right. But this this PA, he walked by me and uh, he said, I'll never forget this. He said to me, man, I pity the fact that you guys are doing <laughs> this, man. I, I, hope, I hope this gets by quick for you guys. <laughs> but I was actually enjoying it. Yeah. You know? How it was dare, hard work. but It was end. hard work, but like... Why would you assume that? You yeah. know, and I didn't. No one needs that kind of negativity. That kind of I'm being looked down upon because no. I have a, a job that's stressful in that moment or yeah. difficult. Sure. So I actually pulled that production assistant aside later on. Yeah. And I I said to him, so some professional advice: don't verbally pity people. Yeah. For their work. Yeah. Not really. A no cool. one likes that. And at the very least, you could offer help. Yeah. Just remember, you're a PA. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't like talking down to of production course. assistants that way. There's many great production assist- assistants out there, and it's a hard job in its own right. And behind every production assistant is a human being who deserves equal treatment, like the rest of, of us. But if your job is to offer help where it's needed, don't walk by and yeah. pity people to their face. Yeah, everybody's trying their hardest, and right. everybody's got a hard job. 
Right. So, so I I gave him my professional advice. It was firm, but it was sure. legitimate. You know, I think that I gave yeah. him like a legitimate. Hopefully, place. he uh, took that to heart a little bit. You know what? And I I left that day sweaty and dirty. Yeah. But I drove home with adrenaline, knowing that I had done a, a good a good day's work. Hell yeah. You know. Yeah, it's and days like those that make weirdly enough is what you start to love about it, I guess. You right. Know, just that feeling of accomplishment, you know. Sure. And I, I imagine as, as I get older, that, that kind of adrenaline will come from good days in an office setting. Yeah. More so than, than this. But like... I, I, sure. You know. But but still, like, it's just... You know, I, I was proud of that day. And I good. wasn't going to let this PA get in the way of it. And that's know? a good attitude, too. You know, just yeah. don't let anybody get you down because there's a lot of egos out there and they're going to try to get you down, but... You know, that's, I think it's that attitude that gets you the call back, you know, on the next job. So. Sure. With, with managing your company mm-hmm. is, is dealing with egos the most difficult part or is, is there something else to it that I don't know about? Um, sometimes. Yeah. Um, like I said, luckily we've been doing it long enough now. I mean, I shouldn't say long. It hasn't been crazy long, but we've been doing it for a while now that we've been able to refine our, um, the people that we work with and we, we hire them back a lot because of their lack of ego, more for their love of doing it. And they do a great job, of course, and all that. But, um, and don't get me wrong, we still get it. And in the beginning, that's what we got all of, you know, every, everybody we worked with had, had the ego, you know, I know more than you, that sort of thing. Um, and that was difficult at first. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think you just do the best you can and set aside your ego and it tends to um, sometimes, uh, I guess, affect other people. They start to see, you know what, you're not looking at it as some weird competition, so I don't need to look at it as some weird competition. And sometimes that helps people to realize, hey, we're all, we're all trying to achieve the same goal here. We're all working our asses off. And, uh, you know, this can be a lot of fun. And so um, sometimes that, that helps. You know, if you just focus on yourself and just put your ego aside – and you have fun and, and remember why you're here, that tends to affect, I think, other people as well. Sure. It's funny, you mentioned the you mentioned the competition. I, I was just thinking about it reminded me of like <laughs> this one ego competition that I very easily let the other guy win for. Yeah. But uh I was I was shooting a commercial. Sorry, I wasn't shooting it, I was production assistanting Okay on this commercial on this commercial that Gordon Ramsay was in actually. Oh that's cool. So I got to meet Gordon Ramsay. He was <laughs> that's a, awesome. he was a really sweet guy. I love Gordon. Side Ramsay. note. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a really sweet guy. He actually remembered my name. Oh, and, that's great. He, he shook my hand and he looked me in the eyes and treated me like a human being. I'm really pretty sweet. jealous right now. I'm a big fan of Gordon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, um, for the, for the setup and, and closing of that shoot, there was this other fellow production assistant that I was working with. And sometimes production assistants really make it a point to outshine the others. Of course. Yeah. As much as they can, hoping that they get recognized. Yeah. Some producer walks up. I want to hire you as a director. You're yeah. quite the, you know, that's not that never happen. happens. Never course, happens. But, but um, but anyway, though, this, this kid's working his ass off, right? Which is great, but he's sure. doing it in a very obvious way. That's like trying to outshine uh-huh. me and everyone else. And I'll never forget the way that he would cl- like close, close the folding chairs. Mm-hmm. He would pick them up, close it in his hand as if he was like pressing together a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but really aggressively. Yeah. And then put it under his arms. Next thing you know, his left arm was folded like, five six eight ten oh. different chairs but he would do it all so aggressively the kid was a giant oh. and he was so big and he did it 
faster than any of us could do. Kudos to him for learning how to sure. pull a chair as faster than any of us. But it was like, yeah, <laughs> wow. What are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove there? That your left yeah. arm is stronger than your right? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know why it is. But <laughs> yeah, we could only assume how that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> man, it was yeah. just, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's just that it's this weird unspoken competition that sometimes happens that again, just, just bow out of the competition. And suddenly it's a, you know, it's a one man competition and which makes it not a competition at all. And so once you realize that you don't need to participate and you just need to focus on doing the best job that you can, that, um, that's when you start doing the best job that you can. Um, it's only when you're in that competition that really nobody is winning and you're just, getting in your own head and you're just making it worse for yourself. So oh, yeah. Have have you, has that happened to you? Someone trying to outshine you or something? Um, oh yeah. I mean, countless times. And I, you know, I've even struggled it with, with it myself. You know, I got to do the best, you know, I got to be the, I got to show that I'm the best person here. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of attitude. Um, you know, I know so much or, or whatever you want to think, you know, um, and I'm proud of how much I know, but I got to always remind myself, I got so much to learn. I mean, more, a hundred times more than what I've learned now. And I like to think that I'll always try to remember that I'm always learning. I don't care if I'm 75 years old and have been doing it for that long. And, uh, and you know, I've got seven Oscars or whatever. It's, I think it's a constant reminder that every story is new and every experience is new. And therefore there's always something new to learn. Um, and, and so I just always try and remind myself that that's the case and that usually works out pretty good for me. I think that's a pretty humble approach. I think that's the best way to go about these things, you know. Yeah. We're all human. And I mess up more than anybody. I was on set last week and I dropped a $2,000 light and shattered it into a million pieces. No way. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't feel too good. But at the end of the day, I, I apologized. I cleaned it up and I, I just kept on working hard. And I made sure I didn't mess up like that the rest of the day. Um, but just realize that I've handled <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of lights, but I still had butterfingers in that moment. And uh, <laughs> we all make mistakes, I guess. And just right. remember like, well, shit, hopefully I'll never make that mistake again. Uh, you know what? I'll make sure I never make that mistake again. Um, you know, that sort of thing. I guess it's those mistakes that right. help you to learn the best. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all... We all have that one lesson that resonates with all of us the most. Absolutely. I have tons of them. Yeah? Would you like to share share some? That light would be one. I mean, there's no, I guess, one huge mistake. At least not one that I can think of. I'm sure it exists. But, you know, it's just after every project. Man, I wish I lit that differently. Man, I wish I approached that scene differently. I wish I thought of that then. Or, you know, dang, I knew I thought of that before. Why didn't I implement it then? I forgot. Or, Or... what have you, you know, there's just thousands of examples. And so it's just about, you know, reminding yourselves of those mistakes and, and, and doing your best to make sure that they don't happen again. You know, your craft is developing while in the professional spectrum. And I think a lot of people say, you know, I, I, a lot of people say always, but my favorite artists are the ones that you can clearly see that they've learned something from the last time that they filmed. Like if you watch, um, if you watch Martin Scorsese's films Mm -hmm. in, in, not I've never watched all of his movies. Of course, there's some movies of his that of I course. haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. But if you watch it in some sort of sequence from mm-hmm. his early stages to now, sure, you can see how his style has developed. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's, it's You're always growing like and changing. You yeah. Know? People always say, well, he was better in his early, you know, in his early film career, but, and that's okay. You know, that's almost maybe a compliment because it shows that you're growing and your interests change and your styles change and, uh, which is totally normal. You know, I think that's, that's fine. It just to means be expected you're, you're, you're and you're exploring the art. Absolutely. Yeah. You're getting to know every aspect of what you can do in this medium. If you've accomplished any project and never question yourself after the fact as to uh, what you can do better, yeah, then you're doing it wrong. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of have a personal um, goal that I, I have goals that I attach to every film, you know, trying to try something new, but I have one kind of overall umbrella goal that's always like, I have to make sure that I'm more proud of um, some aspect of this film than I was in the last one. And if I do that, then I know I've been at least somewhat successful, even if the, you know, a lot of things don't work out. But I know at least in one way I've been successful in that I've learned or I've gotten better at some aspect. You know, I want to make sure that the lighting looks better in this film or that this film is the best uh, one that I've ever shot or, you know, whatever. In one way or another, it's slightly better than what I did in the previous film, even marginally. Yeah, I... Uh, I think that's that's pretty great. I mean, if you if you go on your website, uh, under the company website, of course, you can see how that craft is really uh, developed. So, I mean, kudos to you, man. Thank you. Seriously. I appreciate that. Where did Hoovalu get started? Um, <laughs> it got started. Um, basically, we made our with the people who are now still very much involved. And don't get me wrong, we've changed hands and a lot of, but the core people have somewhat stayed the same. And so as that same group of people, we made our, basically our first true scale production, you know, more than just a, uh, going out with the handy cam and, and shooting. We wrote a script, we developed it, we hired people, you know, there was money involved. We set locations, blah, 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 edited and delivered, you know, the full, full scale. It was, it was pretty much our first production of that, um, which was in 2013. And so we're getting ready. It was a web series. And so we were getting ready to release the first episode. And we're in the final bits of the edit, adding the credits and whatnot. And we sort of said, well, we got to add a production company to this, even though we didn't have one that necessarily existed. But we just knew that that's everyone puts a production company per se on their uh, on their film. And so we just wanted to do that. So we're all sitting around in um, this makeshift edit bay that we've made where we do the music and we do the editing and kind of a lounge room. We're all sitting around just discussing names, and then Hoovalu came up, and uh, so we, uh, that one was just our favorite, I guess, right. <laughs> so we threw it on there. That's awesome. And where does, where does Hoovalu, where does that word come it's from? It's kind of a, uh, a silly story, but my favorite book of all time I have, Don't Panic, tattooed on my arm, um, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. And there's a creature or an alien um, in that book that's mentioned a couple times throughout the series called a Huluvu, um, which is described as a uh, super intelligent shade of blue. And we just all thought that that was such a funny thing and blah, blah, blah. And so I said, let's name, well, let's name it after that. Let's call it Huvalu. And I didn't realize at the time that I was just misremembering what the creature's name was because I didn't have the book in front of me or anything. And so we all agreed and we wrote it and we printed it and we shipped it out to YouTube, you know, and I uh, published it on the website, and, and it was only later that I was rereading the books, and I saw that it was Hulu, not Hulu, or Huluvu. Yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, um, and so we said, oh, oops. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's maybe better, because then right. we're not copying anyone exactly, and, you know, it's a real, we liked it, because it's a really unique name, and 
Yeah, I haven't read Douglas Adams' trilogy in a while, but you know, if you look Highly right there, it. I have it right there. Yep, I see it on. Yep, that's yeah, I, a, I, I that's a that staple. Book. Me too. I've bought you know the trilogy. I've bought. He calls it the trilogy of five, which he adds the story to it, and I've read all that. And um, I have the big book, and I have each one individually, and I have it digitally, and I've read it many a times. Okay, so you're an even bigger favorite. fan. Hence the tattoo in your arm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm such a fan that I got it tattooed on me which i think is great advice to live by oh yeah but uh yeah i'm a big fan <laughs> panicking is pretty impulsive and i think if you were to live the life yeah. of that story i you know i talk about it, i think that that phrase touches all aspects of life including what we were talking about with the ego and stuff like that it's just you know i do i do struggle with maybe panicking overthinking or anxiety or all the things that could come with um things you're passionate about or just things in general mm-hmm. and so um, it's just a good reminder. Um, you know, it's a very simply put good reminder, you know, don't panic. You know, it's, it's just a good way to approach pretty much everything. Um, and I, as you can see, I have it tattooed upside down on me so I can read it. It's not meant for others to read. It's right. meant for my p- perspective to look down on it and remind myself of that. How does don't panic the quote from Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. How does that uh, affect your daily life and managing Hubaloo? Um, I mean, I'm sure anybody who works in film or works with clients and not even in film can would know that it's not at all, you know, easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically someone who has little to no idea um, how to make a video asking to make a video and then, but they're in charge of it. Um, so, you know, it's very stressful and it's long and it's, you know, it can be very expensive and just all those things. And, uh, they want revision after revision a lot and, um, or they think they know how it should be done, but they really have little to no idea. Not to say that their ideas aren't good, but the actual minutia of shooting it, you know, how long does it take? You mean it'll take six hours to shoot my one minute video? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could take that long. Yeah. Or, you know, it'll take 12 hours to shoot my four minute video. I mean, yeah, it could take that long. It could take more than that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it's just, uh, it's just, you get, when it, when you get hit with those things, you know, and it's dealing with crew and it's dealing with egos and all that, when you, when you're met with those kind of things, it's a good reminder. Don't panic, you know, approach every situation without, and it's not necessarily a panic, you know, like men, you know, mental panic, screaming, that sort of panic, but it's just a constant reminder to stay calm. Um, just to approach every situation as clear-minded as you can um, and, and even take a moment. You know, not everything needs to be blurted out. You know, no response needs to be said instantaneous to the moment that they're finishing their question. So it's just taking a step back and uh, addressing every situation, no matter how small or how large, with as clear of a uh, clear eyes and clear mind as you, as you can. That's great. And I find that that helps. You know, it's this idea of patience, I guess, that I also try to uh, have that wow. really helps everything. I have so much respect for that just because I'm an incredibly impatient person. We all struggle with it. I mean, I don't <laughs> think there's any pure patient person. Absolutely. I mean, me, me as well. I try to be patient, but yeah. sometimes you forget it. Sometimes it's hard. Oh, yeah. So. I don't know. I, they're just, I bet you you're, I, I guarantee you're better than I am. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you that right off the bat right now. <laughs> it, like I said, it's always about just checking yourself. Again, there's no competition. Yeah. So it's not about the next person who may be better at doing that's just about reminding yourself you know it's only a competition with yourself i suppose so reminding yourself of that and 
constantly checking yourself, I think is just so, so important. How do you establish that professional stature with businesses that you haven't worked with yet? I mean, every, every project we've had a couple repeats, you know, who will come back and, and want, or we'll have referrals who are a similar company and we'll, you know, shoot something with them. And so it's, it's, it's a little easier because we know the product, but, um, hold on one second. It's that cop. No, it's okay. Do you want to start over with that the question? The valley. Right? Yeah, sure. Thanks yeah, ask me the question again. Yeah, sure thing. I think we're clear. How do you establish that professional stature that you need to maintain a relationship in a business when you're working on a commercial with them? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it all goes back to what we've been kind of chiming on on everything we've talked about, which is that constantly learning aspect of it. I mean, I've luckily had experience working in um, sales and I've had experience working in the restaurant business and service and stuff. And, and, and so it's just about learning how to talk to people professionally. And like I said, we're learning every single time I'm constantly catching myself where I've sent an email and I, and I kind of wish I didn't say those exact words cause it might, um, reflect badly or it might have a connotation, you know, um, that's not really what I meant, but it is what I said. Um, and so it's just about, you know, again, taking all these experiences and making sure that you're learning something, however small from them, um, and continuing to be, I guess, professional with these, um, with these clients and realizing that they have a set of goals and they have their own company that they need to worry about. You know, it's not just this video. That's their whole world. It's a whole company that is selling and, marketing and every aspect that goes along with a company that they also need to worry about. And so realizing that as well, so that you are not making their lives too stressful, even though this could be a very stressful thing, um, I think is important. That's great. And and that, you know, you, you kind of went back to that, you know, learning from the last thing that you had created. Did that start at, an, at, a, at a young age or is that a more recent development in since the creation of Hulu? I, I, I like I like to think that it's always been an aspect of me, but I've probably only put it into an actual legitimate thought or and or words um, more recently, probably around the time that I've worked started working more professionally. You know, um, since you know we've started Hulu, or since you know I've worked on set many times outside of Hulu, and so it's it's that part of my life as well. Um, it's probably around there where I've actually, I guess, put it into words and reminded myself of of that thought. Well, I, I respect it, man. I think that's that's just it's just awesome. Thank you. It really I is. And it. that's why I really like the 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 idea behind Hoopaloo and what it represents. Thank you. Where does that creativity come from? Um, I've kind of always been a creative type. Um it's hard to say where it comes from. You know, my mom's a lawyer and my dad's a general contractor, so not necessarily the creative types. Um, I mean, my dad has absolutely creative bones in my body, in his body, excuse me, as does my mom. You know, he more recently as my, my dad has gotten into designing homes and, and that sort of thing. So he's got that aspect to him. Um, but you know, all my life I've either, I've done some sort of creative thing for a lot of my life. It was drawing. Um, I haven't done it as much recently, but that's right. When I met you, you yeah. were creating those comics. Yeah. I you did were a, drawing a yeah, lot for I, years. I loved them probably since element late elementary school, all the way through high school. Yeah. I do, did. Do you, do you still have them? I have. Yeah. I've kept them all. <laughs> would, you, would you ever consider trying to make a career out of that? People always ask me that. And I think maybe at one point in my life before I went to college, I almost 
um, went to college for character design, but I don't know if I was ever truly good enough. And I don't know, even if I was, um, I don't know if it was truly, truly my passion. I think I like drawing, but at the heart of what I loved about making comics was telling a story. And that's what applies to filmmaking. And, and I think filmmaking has, um, um, I love the collaborative nature of it. I love that it, it takes so many different aspects of art, you know, from music to even drawing, to acting, to directing, to cinematography, all these different aspects of art and combines them to make one, you know, super piece of art or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, I, I think film is the ultimate art. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. It's just, I think just because it takes so many aspects of different fields of art um, and turns them into one one super piece of art. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think, I think it was my love of storytelling when it came to drawing comics. That was the true love of it. I, don't get me wrong. I love to draw, but, um, but I think it's, I realized that. And so it was that love of storytelling that I transposed into filmmaking and found out that I maybe love that even more. I love the craft of filmmaking even more that gets you that story. So more than drawing. I, I get that. And I, mm-hmm. that, that was, that was that, film school that really actually no I kind of I kind of jumped around I almost went to college for architecture really yeah because I I can't you know I think we all struggled with this idea of when we were making that decision to pursue film that we know how competitive it is and we know how hard it is and so you kind of almost want to take a step back and say you know this is my life and maybe I shouldn't do something that's so competitive and so hard. And so architecture felt like a safety net to me. I had, you know, my dad, like I said, he's this general contractor and I've worked in construction and I, and, but our architecture still had the art side that I liked and I was into architecture and all that, but, but I never, it never really came to life because I think I realized that that's not at all what I really wanted to do. And like I said, I tried, maybe I applied for character design. And so I spent two years in college just doing my general education while I was fumbling around with what I really wanted to pursue and I finally came to the conclusion, like, no, I got it. It's film. I got to go all in. And Did you so, have to switch your major then because of that? No, because I, I think I was undeclared up to that point. Makes sense. And so it was only at that time. And I was at a community college, and so then I was going to transfer to a, a proper film school and finish my last two years in a film school. Sure. Wh- which film school was that? At, uh, right near here, uh, Cal State University, Northridge. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds a great school. Yeah, and I didn't, I don't, it's kind of a funny story because I don't think I realized how good the film program actually is. It is a very good film program, and I really have, I have zero regrets going and spending my time there. I mean, just with what I learned and who I met and all that stuff. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that, that I took that path. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. CSUN's a great campus. I, I love it. Is that when you first started really uh, working on films or was there ever a time before that? No. Yeah. I think as early as even sixth grade is when I started messing around with a camera, probably. Um, I had one of those old uh, Sony cassette cameras, you know, and, and I think me and my, and me and my friends would, uh, you know, shoot Star Wars parody videos as I think everybody did to sure. some way or another. Someone had a lightsaber in their film at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, or in, in their earliest career. So sure. And those were just home movies, but it, you know, I wrote a script and I got with my friends and we acted and then I, I even edited it. That's how I started. That was my earliest learning how to edit. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call them good by any. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that's how I feel about my my really old films, and I I implore anyone listening not to go look up my old films there on YouTube. <laughs> See, you made a mistake. Mine are 
nowhere near the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just better start deleting them. But actually, you know, my old account, I don't think I can delete them. Cause my it's it's off it's on my old account on YouTube that I don't even know the password for anymore. Oh okay. But like I made I didn't make Star Wars films, but like mm. I did I did like spoofs on like Call of Duty. Yeah, uh, it was always something like that. It was some based off of some franchise of some kind. You yeah. Know? But you know you probably did the same thing. It was my first time playing around with telling a semi semi original story. You know I came up with my own characters who existed in this Star Wars universe, um, and I wrote a script for it and. And learning how to tell a story through the camera, which, you know, is its own technique and has its own um, practice. I mean, those are all fun. I think we all had those those kid movies growing up that oh, we yeah. would create, you know, we would get into them. Yeah. When did it start getting serious, though? Yeah, probably, you know, we would shoot all through high school just silly videos. But our like I think I mentioned it earlier, our first real tackle was, and the inception of Hoovaloo was... Um, this this web series that we made it was a zombie apocalypse uh web series that was comedic kind of dark comedy um and i mean that was that at that time it's kind of funny because it was you know the end product wasn't necessarily gold or anything like that but i'm still proud of it because um the we probably bit off more than we could chew at the time but we got it done. You know, well, you we, chewed it. it's on. Yeah, it's it, it's now not on the internet anymore. But it was on the internet, and we published it, and we showed people, and it was it was done. It had a stamp of finished. You know, and so the I think the fact that that happened at all is kind of a miracle. Um, just because, again, it it was small for us or small compared to what we're doing now, I guess. But but at the end of the day, it was our first. Um, first real approach to filmmaking, you know, me and my business partner, Analia, we sat down and we wrote scripts. We spent maybe months working on these six scripts. It was a six part web series. You know, we hired actors. She acted in it. We hired a DP. I directed it. We hired extras, you know, we found locations. Uh, so what the full shot. nine yards. It, really yeah. Famous. I mean, again, in, in practice, it was a full scale film yeah. in terms of just actual production. Um, you know, we had to throw money in it. We edited it. That's how I learned how to edit was I really cut my teeth on making that. Um, I mean, I, I had I had experience editing, but that was my first real, like, we have no editor, so I got to learn how to edit. And we made music, an original soundtrack for it. And you made your own music? I mean, I didn't personally. One of my close buddies who's a big part of Hoobaloo, he does music, and he's a fantastic musician. Um, That's awesome. And we published it. So, again, like I said, the fact that that happened at all is kind of a miracle so i'm proud of it because of that and that's really amazing so these are pretty much the this was the precursor to creating hoovaloo yeah since, since then we haven't we haven't stopped we've just been creating since so you and a band of friends got together made a film that was serious enough to be that tipping scale into the professional yeah uh, journey yeah and like i said that was hard hard work but we were i think we were so proud of it that that's when we realized like we can do this. We right. can make this happen. And you've turned it into a career. You're actually earning money off of it. Yes. Yeah. Luckily, it's, I mean, I wouldn't call it, um, it's a living. It's not, you know, I don't think, we're not there yet. You right. know, or it's what, still my idea of there. Yeah. Right. We, we got a long way to go, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, we've been lucky enough that I, I, we can make money off of it. And it is a continuing thing, you know? And that's pretty remarkable. And thank you. It's going places. The reason why I've, I asked you to be on this show is that <laughs> it's, it's from what I've seen, it's a small company that's growing 
uh, to a professional level. It's learning how to uh, brand itself, and I, I can see it going many places. That's why I asked you Thank to you. be here. So Appreciate I'm really just it. thankful to have you here. If someone listening right now wanted to see your work or to contact you personally, what's mm-hmm. the best way to contact you? Um, you can go to hoovaloofilms.com. Hoovaloo is H-O-O-V-A-L-O-O. It's phonetic. Um, so hoovaloofilms.com is, you can see some of our older work. We haven't, I haven't actually updated the website in kind of a while just because we've been so busy with our narrative projects. And, um, and also we can't really post them publicly yet per se, or you can contact us via email, which is on our website or it's contact at hoovaloofilms.com. I love it. All this information will be in the description below. And finally, Ryan, the question I ask everyone on this podcast what will you be famous for? Ooh, the the hard hitter. Um, this might be going against the uh, the grain, maybe, or maybe not exactly what you're looking for. But um, I've always liked to think that I guess the goal or the end goal is not necessarily fame. Um, I guess it's more success. And I think why I like to make that distinction is because um, success is I think unique to every individual. Um, and so in my eyes, success would be waking up every day happy and making a living off of, um, what I'm doing. And that's not necessarily a wealth. That's not necessarily, you know, riches, but it's a living and I'm, and I'm just happy doing it. Um, and I can say that this is my job full, you know, all the way through and through. Um, I guess to answer your question more explicitly, you know, fame is sometimes a side effect of those things of that, I think. And so if, if that's the case, cool. Um, and so I, I guess I, to answer your question explicitly, I would say that um, I would hope to be famous for, um, I guess, being a good storyteller, telling stories. Um, if if uh, I think t- in especially today's day and age, and it will always be this way, I think, um, people need stories more than ever. Um, and so um, if that's for escapism, if that's... Uh, for inspiration, what have you, if I'm known as a great storyteller, then, then, uh, I think I'd be, I'd die happy. <laughs> That's very humbling. Ryan Palmer. Thank thanks you. so much for coming. To thank the show. you. I really appreciate you having yeah. me. This has been a lot of fun. Wow. 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 What a great episode. This production took time, energy, and money to produce. To support the growing business of this podcast, go to www.patreon.com slash Mr. Thrive to become a thriver today. That is patreon.com slash mrthrive. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.